Credits Due, the podcast where we break down an actor's filmography one movie at a time. I am Ben Cron, and joining me today is Tyler Owen. Yes, and I'd prefer if you'd refer to me as Big Papa. <laughs> and Neil Potter. You're all breathtaking. <laughs> and welcome to the show, everyone. Today we are on, believe it or not, part 16 on our series on Julianne Moore. Oh, man. We're, yep, yep. Wow. We're deep now. Deep. So deep. Oh, <laughs> 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 um, <laughs> we, we are, uh, today we are talking about the 2012 um, biopic, I guess, uh, called Game Change. Uh, it is... Um, directed by Jay Roach, it stars Ed Harris, Julianne Moore, and Woody Harrelson. It is about um, uh, this is a pretty like terrible uh, like synopsis on IMDb, but um, this is all they got, so I'm going to read it. Um, <laughs> all right, according to IMDb, Game Change is about. Governor Sarah Palin of Alaska becomes Senator John McCain's running mate in in the 2008 presidential election. Hmm. Yep. They're not wrong. Accurate. (laughs) Not wrong. That's correct. (laughs) Um, But of course, as always, we'll start off with some film trivia on the movie. Then we'll dive into our full spoiler-filled discussion on Game Change. Then we'll end with some final thoughts on Julianne Moore, and we'll leave you guys with some recommendations. So, Tyler, you got some trivia for us? I do. And uh, as usual, I've got, well, today is actually a little bit different. I have three pieces of trivia, uh, so it's going to be a little bit easier for you guys to figure out which one I made up. I have three perspectives on the accuracy of this film from real people who were involved in the events that were portrayed, and you're going to have to figure out which one of their reactions is not accurate. Oh, man. All right. Which one of their reactions is not accurate? Yes, correct. So, number one, Nicole Wallace, the real-life aide to vice presidential candidate Sarah Palin, said the film was highly credible, true enough to make me squirm, and captured the spirit and emotion of the campaign. Number two, the real Steve Schmidt called the film's portrayal of him and the events surrounding Sarah Palin's GOP nomination as the party's vice presidential candidate and candidacy as accurate, and that watching some scenes was tantamount to an out-of-body experience. Number three, Randy Schooneman, who tutored Palin on foreign policy matters during the campaign said it's like they had cameras when it there when it was happening calling it practically a documentary all right Ben which one of these did I make up oh my god um oh my god (laughs) (laughs) this is a tricky one uh I'm gonna go with uh I'm going to go with the one from Randy uh, Schoenerman. All no right. reason. That's just my answer. <laughs> Neil? I'm going to go with the first one you said. All right. So 
I'll start with number two. You guys both think that one is real, and it is. Steve Schmidt, the character, uh, the gentleman portrayed by, um, uh, wow, I just totally drew a blank on his name. Woody Harrelson, thank you. Uh, he did indeed say that some scenes were tantamount to watching a out-of-body experience. And I feel like that was pretty evident just based on the, the framing of the movie that his character, uh, that his, him in real life was not very happy, especially with like the bookends of him being interviewed. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he thought it was pretty accurate. Um, and then number one, Nicole Wallace, that one actually was true as well. So sorry, Neil. Uh, ah, shit. Yeah. She, she describes <laughs> the film as highly credible, true enough to make me squirm, and capture the spirit and emotion of the campaign. And yes, Randy Schuneman, uh, who tutored Palin on foreign policy matters during the campaign, had the opposite reaction. He said, to call this movie fiction gives fiction a bad name. So he was Whoa. not happy oh. with the portrayal. As were um, several other staffers who said that they were never even contacted um, to get their perspectives on the events that were told in the film. And so I'm sure there's some, uh, you know, some exaggeration happening here, some uh, compressing of the timeline and of quotations and things like that. Uh, and maybe some liberties taken for dramatic effect. But, uh, you know, two of the really high up people, Nicole Wallace and Steve Schmidt, are saying that this was, you know, close enough to reality that it uh, it was worthy of uh, of the events that happened. So, yeah, mm. interesting stuff. Mm. Yeah, I'm glad that you mm. kind of took that approach for the trivia because I'm I was really interested while watching this movie is like how much it's real yeah me too the movie really tries to make it seem like it's all real um I mean like they they use a lot of like actual footage Mm -hmm. um like of newscasts of the like Katie Couric interview like that's actually Katie Couric and it's not her right it's like the actual footage of her from that actual interview. Right. It's not like Katie Kirk, like playing the part of Katie Kirk. You know? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. The same thing with like the Joe Biden thing towards yeah. the end too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, this movie <laughs> My- like really tries, I mean, it has this documentary feel to it. Um, mm-hmm. uh, mainly one cause of the, because of the actual footage used but i also feel like it really it doesn't really want it's not like saying it's not saying something about this events like the movie i feel like doesn't like really comment on anything it's just portraying what actually happened much like a documentary would yeah I got yeah. I definitely feel like it was trying to not go, not be overly critical of the people involved, and especially Sarah Palin. But I, there's certainly like a a certain tone to some of the sequences that I felt like were letting the bias slip, maybe just a little bit. Um, yeah, like things like at the very end where ostensibly you have a group of Republicans like reminiscing about their time over the course of the film and one of them refers to uh, Dick Cheney as like how do you think he 
breathes through that Darth Vader mask or something like that. And I'm like, that does not sound like anything someone who calls himself a Republican at that time would say, you know? So like, it was just little things like that, that I felt like were a little out of character, but I think on the whole, you're right. Like they didn't, they didn't really go out of their way to lampoon Sarah Palin. Right. Mm. Right. It seemed like everything we knew we know about her now seems to ring slightly true to the movie, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, my thing is, did John McCain say the F word that much in real life? It's funny you say that. Did. Well, he the he said in an interview that he did not watch the film and he did not plan on it, but he said that uh, someone told him that he swore profusely throughout the film, and that's one thing he does not do in real life. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, I mean, it could just be him trying to hold up his public persona, but mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if he drops a few F-bombs in private. Mm-hmm. He seems like the kind of guy who, you know, uh, he was a war hero. Like, he's yeah. not exactly a, you know, <laughs> sheltered and, you know. Right, right. I just uh, found that he's funny. He's no Sarah Palin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I want to start this off by saying just a couple of, like broad thoughts that I had while watching this movie, um, and then uh, and then I think and just like some like broad reactions, and then you guys can do the same if you want, or we can just use that as the platform to get into this discussion yeah um uh, also i have seen this movie i mentioned this on the last episode but i watched this movie when it came out mm-hmm. um i don't have you you guys have not this is the first time you've seen it though correct right first time for me yep. yeah same here um so of course this movie came out in 2012 um which was uh was that the year that um Obama got reelected. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. So this movie is like almost impossible to watch like in the Trump era. Like (laughs) it is impossible to like leave him out of your conscience. Like when you're watching this movie, Um, there is a, there's, I have a line that they say near the beginning of the movie that, made me just go god damn it and it was <laughs> do you want your next statesman to be a president or the or like a celebrity yeah you know, like that was one of the lines and i was like god damn it like this piece of shit movie calling the future out yeah. like, <laughs> uh there's several there's several lines <laughs> in the movie they're just like that um but yeah i mean it's crazy how like this movie shows the playbook like um like Trump took the playbook of Sarah Palin and just perfected it because uh, Sarah Palin is like self-aware of how dumb she is that uh, mm-hmm. of all these mistakes she's making and how like ill-equipped she is. Like Donald Trump is just like uh, he. J- it's either he's unaware or he chooses to just not care right mm-hmm. um and this movie shows sarah like um just struggling like she's constantly taking notes and she's just struggling with like all these questions um 
you know, and it's it was very weird to to watch that, especially because at the end of the film, she's like very just uh, like entranced by the like public persona that she has and all the attention that like really all of that just goes out the door. And then she becomes what I think most people know her as, um, which just this like media attention, like this person who's just like dying for attention from the media. Um, so yeah, I just wanted, I mean, I just wanted to say that because like, um, I don't think we should shy away from just the whole Trump of it all. Oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. Sure. Yeah. I mean, this movie, it's funny how, how much it predicts and how much it seems like it's commenting on without having, without really knowing what's to come. Mm-hmm. Like if you, it's a, a good example actually of like how you can read into a film with like, based on where your mind is at while you're watching it. Like, cause that, that's so much a thing in this movie where you're interpreting things in the light of like, Oh, they're directly commenting on Trump, but there's, they could have never known. Right. Oh yeah. And I mean, there's another, there's another line in the middle towards the middle of the film, I think where, um, somebody says like, they're turning this into a reality show. And I'm like, <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. Like, <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it, there, there are so many things. Um, uh, the other, the other one that really stood out to me too was at the very end when McCain uh, turns back to Palin as they've conceded the election, and he says to her, "Don't let the far right and figures like Limbaugh hijack the party. You are the future." And it's like, well, fuck, they failed at that because that definitely happened. <laughs> yeah, um, that is literally like yeah. what happens. And like yeah. McCain, like it's definitely Sarah Palin's fault, but McCain also like dove into that, like oh, yeah. towards the end of his life. Yeah, I and mean, he, he, I mean, I certainly, this is such a weird movie to talk about on this podcast because it's so ingrained in actual politics but like you can talk all you want about the the um the actions of john mccain towards the end of his life and i'm sure we will here but like all due respect but yeah he he's responsible and just as equally for this entire mess and Mm -hmm. it's i don't i don't even know if the if this movie were made today, I feel like it would be condemning them a little harsh, more harsher oh, because yeah, of where we're at now. Yeah. Like it, it almost felt like this movie was trying too hard to be neutral, but I think that's right. just because they didn't know the full consequences of where this would end up. Mm-hmm. Right. And I mean, I think John McCain is the, one of the few people who come out looking good in this movie. Do yeah, you agree? <laughs> looking good in the sense that like he stuck his fingers in his ears the whole time and tried to ignore <laughs> yeah, it. You know, like, uh, are you really blameless in that regard? I mean, I don't no, know. He, no. <laughs> but yeah, he, he 
he's very he's painted in a pretty positive light like he and for good reason in some cases like his um insistence to try and leave reverend Wright out of the um campaign situation that was i thought that Mm -hmm. was admirable because i think it was due to him having gotten caught up in some uh accusations of racism in a previous campaign and so he wanted to keep that completely out of the picture mm-hmm. and I mean I think that's really commendable and he he was trying to uh, he was trying to carry on with what it would now be considered a quaint old fashioned campaign <laughs> right like yeah. respecting your opponent and being very uh, understanding and like th- I love that they kept in the the moment from the town hall where he told that woman like no he's not an Arab he's a good family man who I just have disagreements with right when mm-hmm. she right. was talking about oh Obama my God. and then when he's doing those speeches and people are yelling like kill Obama yeah yeah, and yeah. I mean, it's just like, oh my god! Like, tr- like Trump welcomes that stuff, and yeah. like <laughs> they show McCain like physically like disturbed by it, and, and um, by all accounts he was, you know, and yeah. it, that that is at least something I can really look at him and admire. Right? It's there's a a fine line between um, having attracting those people as a byproduct of having certain issues in common and attracting them on purpose which is it seems to be what the modern republican party is doing right like they're mm-hmm. actively courting that kind of behavior and it's really disturbing but uh, yeah i, I just well, that there's an early scene of um of uh, uh sarah palin talking to um, a crowd of people and there's a lot of, uh, like children with like mental illnesses. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of them had down syndrome, which like her youngest son has. Yeah. And, uh, then there's like mothers of those people and there, it's like this very touching scene of her being like, when I'm in the white house, I will not forget you. And like mm-hmm. them, like saying like, Oh, thank you. I'm so glad that there is a politician who like understands what we're going through. Yeah. And it's mm-hmm. like, could you imagine a Republican today doing that? Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, like yeah. they're like it's actually true. trying to take away healthcare. And it's just like, it's like, Jesus, like that's, it's, it's just like that it's such a good scene in this movie but it's just like knowing the end of this movie and then knowing the next like five years it's just like jesus like so you know so much has changed like for the worse yeah that that's kind of what i mean about how this movie doesn't is doesn't even take as hard of a hammer to this as they probably could today just because, like, they probably didn't have any idea it would get this bad. Mm-hmm. It, right. There, there are so many, so many things you could point to, and say, like, oh yeah, that's where it started, right? Like, I mean, this was around the time that the Tea Party stuff was really starting to ramp up, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. like, they didn't even barely touch on that in this film, but I guess, 
I mean, maybe that was I slightly was after, after he was elected, the, election. the first yeah. election. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. But yeah, I mean that they, you know, they couldn't have known where that would lead. And it's just, uh, I think part of my, I, we haven't really even talked about how much we'd like or dislike this movie yet, but I, I think part of my disappointment with it in some regard is that I don't feel like there was much here that I didn't already know. And mm-hmm. It, I just I almost want a redo of this like knowing what we know now and <laughs> it's it just it didn't it almost didn't feel harsh enough uh, but it did feel like it at least depicted the things that I knew and understood relatively accurately this actually came at a time in my life where I wasn't following this so like obviously I knew like the everything that John McCain running Sarah Palin was the vice and or wanted was the running mate and I knew that she was like I, I'd seen the SNL stuff with Tina Fey and there's bits of that in here like this actually movie incorporates how that affected her mm-hmm. like actual Sarah, Sarah Palin but like as for myself like I didn't follow this stuff so actually some of this stuff I wasn't aware of like I knew she wasn't like the best candidate but I didn't realize she was like this like unqualified i would guess i'd say mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> yeah that's putting but, it lightly <laughs> yeah i mean i remember um i remember the newspaper thing like watching that on tv when she's getting interviewed and i think it's by katie Couric, right and she's mm-hmm. like she's like oh you say that you read like all these newspapers and blah 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 like um just you know, wondering what specifically. And she's just like kind of fumbling. And then it cuts back to Woody Harrelson just screaming at the TV, just name one newspaper. (laughs) 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 Like, I I remember that, uh, that specific thing. And then um, like that whole fallout to be like, um, you know, like Jon Stewart. And it's like him talking about like, it's like, does she even read like a newspaper at all? And like, that was like mm-hmm. a long, probably too long <laughs> of, uh, of a news cycle about how she probably doesn't read a newspaper cause she can't even name one. Yeah. It, well, and was, that, I think that was the origin of like her really pouncing on gotcha questions. Like yeah. she would, she used that constantly throughout the rest of the campaign then. And it's like, how I, that is not someone pinning you into a corner trying to make you say something bad like you just couldn't name a single fucking newspaper mm-hmm. then it's like so right. simple and but then the flip side of that is that people her supporters the sad thing is they like they can relate because they probably can't name a newspaper either and so they think it is a gotcha question and it's like I don't know where we got to this point where we want uh, where we don't want our representatives to be smarter than we are Mm -hmm. like I I, (laughs) I'm constantly like anytime I know something that a candidate doesn't know I'm like oh god what's uh, why would I want to vote for you it it just I I (laughs) I want my I want anyone I want to vote for to be really knowledgeable and I like so many people just see someone who they think is just like them and that makes them qualified somehow to be the president mm. it just I have no idea where that came from I mean Bush uh, that really started with George W Bush I, I this has probably 
gone on for like all of America. But I remember when George Bush was up for re-election and everyone was like, I'm going to vote for him because I can just imagine having a beer with him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, me too. But like, he shouldn't like, yeah, the people I have beers with, like I would not trust running this country. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like I get the, the appeal of an everyman because they understand your struggle or this and that. Mm. But like, I don't think that's necessarily the direction mm. you should go. Like but a constitutional I think, law, a constitutional lawyer can also understand. Uh, exactly. Exactly. Understand what you're struggling through because <laughs> mm-hmm. of empathy. That's, that's what we call it. Uh, yeah, one of the things that I and this might be just this might be just the present clouding this, but um, they did like with the gotcha questions. Um, they did really leave out her like attacking the press. Mm-hmm. Um, that ho- whole entire thing um, they just brushed over. And maybe it's because of like the whole fake news thing, but I think that was like a big misstep that this this movie just kind of left out. I yeah, um, uh, I almost wonder if they left that out because they didn't have um, they didn't have space for a journalist character to be the face of that conflict. Sure, it would kind of maybe. be a, a, you know a faceless conflict for her to just be railing against the media, but. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, they it, they tried to focus mostly on the the internal conflict within the campaign, which I that was certainly the most interesting narrative aspect because, like I said, a lot of the a lot of the reveals about her and the the way the campaign unfolded were things that I'd already known. So, mm-hmm. um, I also really like, um, I mean the the. Uh, the introduction of uh, Randy Snoonerman and um, there's one other guy who were like going to teach her about foreign policy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, what an incredible joke of them. Like, uh, I forget what they said, but they were like, all right, we'll just start with, you know, this Russia conflict. And like he said, a bunch of like really big words. And uh, Woody Harrelson was like, let's I have a different place to start. And then it's smash cut to like him explaining what the Nazis are in World War Two. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like anyone who's seen an Indiana Jones movie should know that. But right. I just love that they're like <laughs> explaining that to her. The fact that you'd have to explain that to anybody in a, like that's an in a political too. office. Yeah. yeah, an adult. Yeah, an adult, not even in the political office. Yeah, it's nuts to me. Yeah, like that's and, wild. And that, that's the kind of stuff where it's tough to say like how accurate it was because it wasn't like right. televised. But the sad part is like based on all of the other information and all the public uh speeches and interviews she did i have no problems believing that right mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> there, that, yeah. that was a big thing I, I i kept turning to my wife during this movie and being like oh yeah i mean that's something that they probably didn't have you know exact transcripts of how it went down but i believe that exchange 100 percent. and yeah that i i was saying that a lot with uh 
with John McCain's uh, scenes and with Sarah Palin's scenes. And so, yeah, it it all felt very believable. I, I don't think they they did a really good job avoiding caricatures throughout. Yes. Yeah, that's true. Uh, we should also say this is based on a book and the book was very popular because the person who wrote it had like a lot of correspondence with people who are actually a part of the um, a part of the campaign. Yeah. Um, so it's like a very well researched researched book. Um, I I mean, you could say the same thing about like questions about it being the source material being legitimate or not, but um, I just I know that it was a very it was very popular because it had a very like. Uh, deep like look in like the behind the scenes of uh, these campaigns yeah a lot of the criticisms behind that same book though were that most of the quotes and information were not attributed to anyone in particular they were anonymous sources so Mm -hmm. that i can i can totally understand that criticism too but i mean with at a certain point when the two like two of the people nicole wallace and steve schmidt who are at the top of this pyramid right like they're with her every day and they're saying this is accurate it lends a lot of credence to the rest of it right oh yeah definitely Mm. yeah right um yeah let's uh let's run down this cast um yeah how about it uh we've already already talked kind of i don't know if we've talked about many of the cast so uh woody harrelson who plays steve smith he is like um really kind of the protagonist of this story um i would say he like we really follow him from like really the first scene to the last scene Mm -hmm. uh woody harrelson is incredible in this movie i absolutely Mm -hmm. love I just love Woody Harrelson. He just—he's such a great actor. Yeah, I—I I feel like he'd be a good candidate for this podcast, actually, because I think he is—he is one of those actors where I've found that he will put in some incredible performances, sometimes even in really bad movies, mm. but then other times he'll be the worst performance in really good movies. Oh. And it's like. <laughs> I mean, the f- first example that comes to mind is the um, the third Planet of the Apes reboot. Um, oh yeah, he right. is god awful in that movie. Yeah, and it's like, and then you look at performances like this, and you're like, how did that happen? He's so good. He's so good right here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. yeah, he is incredible. Um, yeah, he's also in the Hunger Games movies. Like yes. I think all of them, right? Um, I've only seen the first one, but he was all right at best. Yeah. Um, which actually came out this same year as Game Game Change. Interesting. Huh. Yeah, and then Julianne Moore is in the later ones with with him as well. All right. Wow. <laughs> um, Ed Harris plays John McCain, who mm-hmm. I thought, I mean basically copy and paste of what we said about Woody Harrelson Ed, mm-hmm. Ed Harris right. I thought was just genius casting in uh for John McCain <laughs> my my note on John McCain is that was this specifically because like the more I looked at him I was more like 
Ed Harris as John McCain just looks like Vladimir Putin to me <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> and maybe that's our political times now still kind of folding into whatever we're talking about. <laughs> yeah. But I, I think he does like that slight comb over thing and just yes. Fucking face, but like, <laughs> uh, but I think he did good at like I think he did pull off John McCain like really well. Mm-hmm. It seemed oh, yeah. to me anyway. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I thought this, that uh... from like profile sometimes I was like, God damn, that looks just like him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um. Then uh, I think my MVP of this movie, Sarah Paulson, who plays uh, Nicole Wallace. Um, who is the um, what's her job title? She's like the aide to Sarah Palin, right? Yeah, I yeah yeah. She's uh, I, yeah. I mean, Sarah Paulson is I think a incredible actress who I don't think she just I don't think she gets enough credit as she deserves. Nah. Um, but yeah, she is genius in this movie and her like amazing her like last scene where she divulges to Woody Harrelson that she didn't vote because she just like couldn't bear uh, to vote for her (laughs) own candidates I love the meltdown she had that was just like I like I'll resign now but I will not with that work with that woman anymore and like I totally get that and I don't know how anybody could work for like any political candidate oh, man. Oh, the level God, of yeah. patience that she showed in yeah. this movie is like boy I feel bad if that's how things really did go down because that would just be absolutely infuriating like it's it's your job to like prepare this person and they're just not even really trying you know mm-hmm. right and there are I mean that uh, hairdressing scene where she's getting her makeup and hair done, uh, Sarah Palin, and um, Nicole Wallace is just like behind her, like trying to prep questions for her, and it's like Sarah Palin just isn't even noticing her, and like mm-hmm. she might as well just be a ghost. Like that was that was a scene that was just like fuck if that was real like oh my god that's <laughs> yeah <laughs> right it's funny how many of her scenes reminded me of like what it's like to try and get my two-year-old to do what i want her to do <laughs> like <laughs> it's it, it was very very much like a parent dealing with a child oh my god i couldn't yeah especially if like this adult running for president just won't like won't listen yeah like won't get off her phone type thing i'm like she's a moody teenager right now be like i'm done with this <laughs> oh yeah man. yeah oh my god yeah but sarah paulson did great in this yeah uh-huh um let's see ron who, livingston was in it for a little bit yeah <laughs> like, i don't know who, who he was really but like <laughs> he did fine <laughs> yeah, he took I think he like worked for debate prep for her. That was like really the big the big scenes were that um when they were preparing for the vice president vice presidential debate. Mm-hmm. Um who else is in this? Uh, I'm saving our girl for last. But. Yeah, yeah. Um I mean there are a lot of people I recognize, but they all had pretty bit parts beyond the mm-hmm. ones we've already talked about. Yeah. 
I mean, I guess you could say um, the guy who played um, Todd Palin, her husband, he was in it a fair amount. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I, I thought all of her family members did pretty though. well. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Uh, did you guys catch Tom Hanks in this movie? No. What? No. I He is not listed on IMDb, so maybe... I'm crazy, which is possible. <laughs> but there's a scene where um, where Woody Harrelson calls. He's, like, getting outside, like, uh, he's asking if, like, Sarah Palin is a good idea for a VP choice. And um, he calls someone who is, I thought it was Tom Hanks, just covered in, like, crazy prosthetics. Um, I don't even remember who the person was, but... Hmm. He is um, the, uh, he is producing the film, so I don't know. Yeah. Could be. I wonder if that, maybe he was just in the back of my head, and I was like, that old (laughs) dude looks like Tom Hanks. (laughs) (laughs) Uh... All right, let's let's talk about Julianne Moore, um, who of course plays Sarah Palin. Who I I mean I thought she was brilliant in this oh, yeah. in this role. Um, she really I mean she gets just some scenes to like really shine. It's pretty incredible to watch her act. Yeah, I I agree, and they even showed like clips of like Tina Fey's performance yeah. what, and I thought like that was good so like uh, I thought Tina Fey's was good enough but like I think Julian Moore in a realistic setting like nailed it like mm-hmm. she did good she like looks the part pretty dang close uh, yeah just nails it and like nails all the scenes that you'd want her to nail so mm-hmm. yeah I think that was the, the difficulty with this movie is that is that is the Tina Fey problem, right? Like you were saying, Tina Fey, I mean, she really, she cranked it up, but the reality is that Sarah Palin as a person is one of those people that's so unique, like the way they look and sound, that mm-hmm. it's almost impossible not to portray that in a way that feels like you're making fun of someone. Yeah. But it's really just how they talk. And somehow Julianne Moore pulled that off perfectly where it's like, uh, yeah, that's such a, a, a exaggerated accent, but that's exactly what she sounded like. every In every interview, That's that was her voice. And mm. she did a great job of just like, I, I want to say that like the movie is trying to make you feel empathy for her at times, like with her being separated from her family for long periods and being ill-equipped and naive and not able to deal with the stress of the invasiveness of the media and stuff, which I mean, granted all those things are absolutely true, but I had a really hard time feeling sorry for her when like, Ignorance isn't really an excuse for, you know, like (laughs) you put yourself in this position like this is all you could have stopped it. I mean, granted, people are doing terrible things to and saying terrible things about your family. But like you knew that was going to happen when you started. And so it, it felt really hard to be to feel a lot of empathy for her character. 
So I don't know if that I don't know if that, that's just a failure on the the filmmaking side or if that was part kind of partly uh, intended. But uh, yeah, she she's as much a villain in this movie for me personally as anybody. <laughs> oh yeah, you know, like I mean, it, towards the end, like after the debate. Yeah, yeah. When you know, there's that huge rousing scene where she, they like just feed her lines to say yep and mm-hmm. so you know there's that I, there's a line where where they finally decide instead of teaching her everything they just write lines and have her memorize the answers mm-hmm. and they're just like she doesn't have to actually know anything right as long as she just says the right she's stuff. a great actress yeah mm-hmm. yeah jeez oh, that was fascinating and like the the little through line throughout the film where she is obsessed with her polling in Alaska. Yeah. I loved that little detail. Like I, Mm -hmm. and I want to say that that's accurate too, um, that she had made the campaign poll Alaska for her numbers there. And it's just like, what a strange, like both conceited and just completely ignorant thing to do. Like why, why are you so focused on, your home state it's almost like you expect to lose and you're only using this as like a way to like further your political career down the road like it 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 remind me a little bit of like what i feel like a lot of people think trump was trying to do where he was using it as a way to just bolster his name and add more of that cachet to the trump brand and mm-hmm. it right. kind of felt like she was trying to ride that wave here too you know yeah and she yeah. was yeah. she was and worried then, that like, when she failed that if she goes back to Alaska and nobody liked her then she'd be dead in the water. Yeah, and then of course the line where I think it's at closure to election night where she's just like, "Man, I hope we win. I do not want to go back to Alaska." <laughs> yeah. and it's just like, it's like, yeah, this this obsession of like what your friends and neighbors are like talking about you like Mm -hmm. while you're gone and then it's suddenly like she you know it's like she gets that like um that bite of fame and Mm -hmm. she's just like becomes insatiable yeah Mm -hmm. um so this movie got uh five golden globe nominations it won three of them uh so it got nominated for Best performance by Sarah Paulson and best performance for Woody Harrelson, and then it won uh, best miniseries or motion picture made for television, um, best performance by Julianne Moore, and best performance by Ed Harris. Uh, pretty earned. I mean, those three wins I think are pretty earned. Yeah, for I think so. I agree with that. Um. Let's look at its competition. <laughs> <laughs> and this came out on HBO, right? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Um. Oh man. I. I don't think I've seen any of these other, like, uh, miniseries or movies. Huh. Um. But for. This is for the best actress. Uh, Nicole Kidman for Hemingway and Gellhorn. 
Nope. Uh, Sig- what? Uh, Sigourney Weaver for Political Animals, which I think was, well, I mean, obviously she won, but I think that was a pretty beloved show. Um, that was kind of like a West Wing style, but like kind of more trashy. Mm-hmm. Uh, then Jessica Lang for American Horror Story, uh, which mm-hmm. is obviously okay. a huge hit. And then um, Sienna Miller for The Girl. Hmm. <laughs> huh. <laughs> okay. Oh, which is about uh, um, Alfred Hitchcock and uh, Tippi Hedren. Sienna yeah. Mil- Miller played Tippi Hedren. Interesting. <laughs> Very. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then for the best miniseries or motion picture that it won, it went up against all those same shows. <laughs> oh, okay. A pretty good, pretty good field there. Great. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah, I. So, yeah, anything else to say? Um, I say we get into final thoughts. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Um, okay, so for th- final thoughts, we give uh, Julian Moore a rating of one to five Julians. Um, I'll go first. Uh, I mean, I think we were all pretty positive on this movie, but um, even though I think... I-, I would say that this is like mandatory viewing for like anyone... Uh, even though it does like leave out like it does leave out a lot of stuff um i really wish that they just like brought in a lot more of her just um just her hatred of the media um and also i wish there was a little more john mccain um Mm -hmm. but um (laughs) that being said i don't think this is a good movie i I mean, it's a television movie, even though HBO is pretty good um, about their uh, about like really all the content they make, um, mm-hmm. even though they're known for television. Uh, I thought this was a pretty like ugly movie um, in terms of like cinematography. The writing was all right. Uh, in most cases and even though I think the acting across the board is pretty incredible um, also just the like use of actual like television footage I just think did not work at all um, I thought it was just it was so jarring to just switch um, a lot of times they would switch between like footage um, just like cut from TVs with like their actors spliced into them mm-hmm. and then it would cut to like you know like real filmed footage that wasn't that like they filmed for the movie um but that being said i i thought julian moore was incredible this is like what a inspired casting and what an incredible role that she just like really knocked it out of the park um so um, I'll give uh, this um, three out of five Julians. Hmm. Um, Sweet. 
Neil, what did you think? Um, I kind of agree on your points. Like, it's like, I think what they, I get what they want to do. They want to tell like the, this whole story, and it was based off this book of Sarah Palin. But like, I think it's a big time frame squished into this whatever like just under two hour movie so like i i feel like it just was like we have to get here and here and here here's the points we gotta hit and i i I don't know like it so it doesn't really have like a flow or anything to it it just kind of hits like the troubled points and sarah palin's like I, I don't know. So I like what I'm trying to say is like, I'd rather watch just a documentary, like instead of like this movie, I guess, mm-hmm. but like uh, beyond the casting, the casting is all great. Like, so, I mean, that's not obviously the issue, but yeah, I, yeah. Like I, I would say, yeah, if you're into like the, the political scene that, yeah, you should definitely still just watch this to kind of get a grasp on, I mean, it even kind of is telling for the the political state now, you know, whatever, eight, nine years later kind of a thing or whatever. So uh, I'd give it like, oh, man, I'd probably give it a two and a half out of five Julians cast on point. But just um, just I don't know. It was just kind of all over the place for me. Yeah, I I'm I think I'm in agreement with you, Neil. I I came out of this movie thinking, huh. <laughs> like that <laughs> that was basically my reaction. I was just like, yeah, that that happened and now a lot worse has happened. It just it, it kind of there you're both right in so many ways about the casting in this is really great. The acting is great. I also agree. It didn't look very good. The it it felt very much like a TV movie, which sucks when you have such incredible talent involved with it. And it it was trying. It felt like it was trying so hard to say almost nothing. There's very little condemnation of what happened here. And I mean, granted, maybe that's just because they don't have the the knowledge we have now, but. I, I kind of wish we could like have an alternate reality version of this that was like written by Aaron Sorkin and directed <laughs> by him like in the West Wing style. I think yeah. that would have been so much more interesting and a better use of these actors. Uh, you know, it would have been it would have come across as super biased, but like knowing what we know now, it feels silly to to give them the benefit of the doubt. So I it just. It came. I came away unfulfilled. I think you're right. I'd rather watch the events of this in documentary form, just because then you wouldn't be wondering. Okay, well, what's real and what's not? Um, yeah, I don't know. I this is this is certainly one of Julianne Moore's. I think one of my favorite performances of hers. So it's really. I hate to give it such a low rating, but I think I'm gonna have to give it two and a half out of five Julians as well. Um, it's one of her few performances. I think she's such an iconic actress that you, like people like Tom Hanks and uh, Meryl Streep, like pretty much whenever you see them in a movie, like, you know, it's just like, oh, it's just going to be them playing, 
somebody someone someone with a different name right like it's just yeah they're yep. pretty much the character but in this this is the first of her movies that i think we've watched where i was like i forgot i was watching julianne more acting at some points i was like th- this right. is this is Sarah Palin. I mm-hmm. I totally bought it, and she was doing something that I don't think she's done in a lot of her other roles. Which, you know, uh, not to say that I think I think that people like Tom Hanks and Meryl Streep do amazing at what they do. And she, I think she's kind of from that cloth. But this was a really actual transformative performance for her. So mm-hmm. it, it sucks that it's just kind of buried in such a mediocre movie. Yeah. Man, I can't believe you hate Tom Hanks and Meryl Streep. (laughs) (laughs) Well, like, there are people make that accusation about like Keanu Reeves and say he's a bad actor because of that because he always just plays Keanu Reeves. Mm -hmm. But like, there's Tom Cruise. I mean, Tom Cruise as well. I mean, it's very like. I, I understand what you mean. It, yeah, right. it's like, very. There are people who can get away with it because they're just so good at being basically that same character that you can put them in multiple movies and they'll always deliver. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think that Julianne Moore is one of those people, but here uh, she actually broke out of that mold. So, mm-hmm. um, I should also say uh, this was directed by Jay Roach. Who um, you probably all know who uh, he was the director of the Austin Powers trilogy. (laughs) (laughs) It really shows. It really shows. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. He did his early works are the three Austin Powers movie movies and then meet the parents and meet the Fockers. So he really and then I think he he's kind of gone on this political streak uh, starting with Recount, um, that movie about the Florida recount of the 2000 election. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I just wanted to put that on the record because I find it very interesting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Career paths are really weird. Uh, all right, let's get into some recommendations. Uh, Neil, you got a recommendation for us? <laughs> yeah. Uh, my recommendation is not movie or anything based. It's a dangerous app I just got on my phone. <laughs> um, and that is um, the DoorDash app. And mm-hmm. if you're unfamiliar with that, um, you obviously don't live, live in a city large enough to house one of the services. <laughs> um, but like, it's just a food delivery service. But it's like, you can get food from anywhere who says they want to be a part of this thing. And it's, I had to like hide it within a folder on my phone or else I would be out of money. Like, <laughs> <laughs> the first thing that comes up is like, Wendy's will deliver. And I'm like, Jesus. <laughs> I, I need all of this. And it's like, some of those nugs right now. Yeah, right. <laughs> Spicy nugs are back. <laughs> deliver them. <laughs> like, it's pretty, it's. it's and like the first time I got it, it was from like an Asian restaurant that doesn't deliver. So I was like, this is just incredible. I don't have to leave my house for anything anymore. And it makes my life so great. Um, isn't, it crazy? So, isn't it crazy how convenience just destroys us? I know. And now I'm a sucker for convenience. Yeah. Like 
like probably go far back. too much <laughs> yeah like i i don't want to go back like if i had to sure i guess but i'm gonna piss and moan about it obviously <laughs> but, <laughs> but um uh i don't know if you're into like just food and getting food delivered doordash or there are I don't even know countless services that do this now. Yeah, there's at this a point. bunch. Uber Eats uh, is, I think, a really popular one. Uber Eats, yeah, like Eat Street, I think, is another one. But just in the city where I live, like uh, that's one I've used, and it's awesome. And the lady who delivered it was super nice. So nice. whatever your name was, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. my reco. I give it five. <laughs> Five Julians. Nice. <laughs> oh, Julian Moore delivered your DoorDash. <laughs> Couldn't remember as that. Sarah Palin, and it was awesome. Wow. All right. Well, uh, uh, yeah, DoorDash just came to the city I am in, so like, there's ads everywhere for it. Nice. Uh, haven't done it yet, though. Yeah, I don't think it's so. coming to my town. There's like. 4,000 people who live here, so... <laughs> ah, you're still suckered into go get go getting your own food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Drive, like, three blocks to get your Wendy's. <laughs> uh, yeah, my my recommendation is gonna be not movie or TV related either. Um, I recently started using a new browser, and I know what you're thinking. Whoa. Browsers? Really? What is this? 2000 but you went back to microsoft edge <laughs> didn't you <laughs> no no not quite that i didn't quite go that far i went to a browser called brave and um if you haven't heard of it i don't i'm not surprised it's not very big right now but um it's actually really neat it, it's a uh it checks all my boxes it is a chromium based browser so it means it's based on the the same architecture as chrome so if you're if you use chrome right now which many people do the nice thing is when you if you convert over to brave literally every uh browser plugin that works for chrome is the same in this browser so you literally just go to like the chrome extension store and install the extensions in Brave the same exact way. Um, so developers don't have to actively support it for extensions and plugins. Um, mm. It renders everything the same way that Chrome does. So if it, if your website works in Chrome, it works in Brave. Uh, so that that's the convenient part. Now, what it does different is actually really cool. It is um, it has ad blocking baked in. And the reason why this is important is because Chrome recently just announced that they are going to be removing all uh, complete ad blocking plugins from the Chrome store. Uh, oh, and, really? And yes, unless you mm. have an enterprise subscription to Chrome. So pretty soon, all your ad blockers are no longer going to work in Chrome. <laughs> and that sucks. Um, yeah. Because I, and I know, like, I get what they're doing. Like, the, uh, if you no, are. That, nope. That's, that's some <laughs> bullshit. That nope. just sounds, I mean. No, no. I, I, yes, they're, they're certainly overstepping, I think. But the, I understand the premise. Like, the idea that, that ad blockers um, can be used in a way that actually hurts content creators i think is you can make mm -hmm. an argument for that and and that just comes down to i think laziness on the part of the end user where 
we got so annoyed with the worst offenders that we then just block everything mm-hmm. and we don't take the time to whitelist the sites that we care about so that they get the ad revenue so like that's something i mean if you're not going to switch over to brave like at least at least consider doing that right like whitelist the sites that you care about or donate to them in some other fashion if you utilize them i think that's important but um and most ad blockers have like this non-intrusive like they'll show you non-intrusive ads right yeah and they'll only block the like the ones that are like really affecting like the performance right um yeah so i mean there's different a billion different ways to approach it but the but brave has it baked in so that it's a built-in feature of the browser for ad blocking um and blocking malicious ads and stuff like that they also have the option to do to to show ads that are um like you know approved i guess like the kind of what you're talking about where they're not malicious or overly aggressive um and then the other thing it has going for it is it has a built-in um, Tor private browsing. So um, you can do, kind of like in Chrome, when you do a um, incognito mode to browse where it doesn't save any cookies and stuff like that, uh, you can do the same thing in Brave, but then they have one step higher than that, which is a Tor in private browser window. Uh, and Tor is a um, browser that it has like a built-in uh, VPN, so that uh, they people literally cannot track you. Um, so if you you can browse in a, a Brave browser window that has Tor built in, so that you're going your browsing is going through a VPN. So oh. all kinds of awesome privacy features, um, uh, ad blocking features, it, compatibility with Chrome. Uh, and then another really random cool feature they added recently that I've been messing around with is that one of their alternatives to ad revenue um, is to have this thing, um, I don't remember exactly what they call it, but it uh, they have an option to generate a cryptocurrency based on where you, uh, uh, based on pop-ups. So you uh, you can have a notification window, like uh, the window, the Windows notifications, um, like in your system tray. It'll like you can set how often they appear, but you can get like one an hour or one every other hour or whatever, um, an advertisement notification pop up, and then depending on how many of those you view and click on, you earn a cryptocurrency. Whoa! And then you can then have that cryptocurrency automatically distributed to the websites that you visit most often. Mm. So it's kind of like what I was talking about where you then are contributing to the sites you actually use without seeing any other advertisements. Um, mm. So I've actually earned like, I think I earned over the course of a month about $4 worth of ad credit from viewing those ads. Um, And then I was able to give that to like YouTube channels that I frequent or websites that I read articles on. So yeah, there's a lot of really cool things it's doing. I like it a lot. Um, There are a couple downsides, but you know, mess around with it. If you, if you like to experiment with tech and software and stuff, it's really, the barrier to entry is very low. It's very similar to Chrome. So check it out. Brave is the name of the browser. Cool. I had one question. So when you, 
if you were to go into like VPN, like that type of actual security, do you have to have a subscribe to a specific VPN or does it have its own like dedicated VPN? So I, you know, I'm, I'm not super knowledgeable on all the tech specific stuff for the way that Mm. Tor works. But as far as I know, Tor is like an, it's like an open source browser that includes VPN stuff. But the downside to it is that because you're not paying for a a VPN subscription and it's all uh, free, it goes Mm. through like whatever, like, uh, node that they just assigned to you so like if you try to watch like if you try to watch like youtube through it it's like never gonna buffer so like it's (laughs) it's definitely slower even just loading like a regular web page with text and pictures like it's noticeably slower but like if you want to do anything that you're that you are actually concerned about your privacy like it's and i've used it like there are a few sites where i'm like I'm doing something for work and I just really don't want to have any of my shit, you know, attract on a site. Like I'll switch over to the tour browser for a few pages or something and then switch back. So yeah, it's, it's, it's great. Yeah. I like it a lot. Sweet. Cool. I'm considering getting a a subscription to a VPN though. The, the, one of the side effects of using that is you can access, uh, content on things like Netflix from other countries. Mm -hmm. So yeah, sweet. Um, also, apparently, that story about Google uh, killing ad blocker extensions is um, uh, they've either backtracked on it or it's been debunked. Um, oh, okay. Well, I know, I remember reading that they, it was going to be, uh, they were going to block any ad blocking software that just across the board blocks certain ad servers. Mm-hmm. Um, and most of them don't do that. Most of them, they have certain ones whitelisted. So maybe they get away with it because none of them really fit that criteria. So I, I don't know. Mm. So just, just yeah, I guess that's a good thing to clarify, though. Um, yeah, that seems like a very uh, common occurrence with Google. And when they say that they're going to do something drastic and then they have to, like, backtrack on it or like Mm -hmm. explain it or whatever weird company i I guess i should say if you like those ad blocking softwares i feel like the built-in functionality and brave is better than any of the other ad blockers i've found Mm -hmm. so cool Mm -hmm. um also i assume they have a phone phone apps but you're they do have you used those I have. Yes, I use the Brave browser on my phone as well, on my Android phone. Cool. And it, it works great. It's very similar to Chrome on there as well. Awesome. Nice. Um, I'm going to uh, I'm going to recommend uh, the final season of Veep. Uh, this is um, also an HBO show. Uh, this is the um, show that stars... Uh, Julie Louis Dreyfus as um, the uh, vice president Selena Meyer, who would later become president. Uh, I don't think I know. I've kind of mentioned this show on this podcast, but I hope I haven't recommended it. But um, the final season just aired uh, this year. Um, and it is ab- about 
an election. Uh, she is uh, Selena Meyer is trying to get elected as president, and then there's uh, several other. Um, there's several other politicians that are vying for the nomination, and it goes from her announcing her candidacy up to the, uh, I guess, Democratic National Convention. Even though they, uh, they're very, they don't really mention, especially in this season, they don't mention like political parties, uh, and that's because, uh, like most TV shows that go on for as long as Veep did, uh, their characters kind of lose their humanity and just become like uh, just vessels for plot. Um, (laughs) uh, Game of Thrones might have done this uh, if I'm sure you've heard people talk about that show in that way. Uh, Veep definitely does this. Uh, because basically all their characters become Trump, and uh, <laughs> I think you can make an argument that they all started as Trumps. <laughs> uh, yeah, but this season, I mean, this season there's so many Trumpisms uh, that yeah. are just oh yeah, they directly yeah. reference. Um, like for example, there's there's a candidate who, um. In one of his speeches, he just kind of mentions that he doesn't understand uh, vaccinations. And then mm-hmm. suddenly they realize that his entire, like, suddenly the only people showing up to his speeches are like anti vaxxers. So they just lean into it, um, all this anti vax rhetoric. There's an episode that starts, um, it starts with. Uh, um, his aide like showing the map of where all he's speaking today and it's like they show a map of the state and like a line is drawn through every city and then he makes a joke that it looks like a penis uh, so like when the line is like route <laughs> is all drawn out it's the shape of a penis and then throughout the show uh, throughout this episode it's revealed that everyone is catching chicken pox at his vet at his rally and the end of the show ends with a newscast uh talking about how all these people are getting chicken pox and it's and they don't know the cause of it and then they show where the outbreak is and it's in the outbreak is a shape of a penis <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so it's a lot of that stuff um if you like I mean it's obviously very funny like if you thought that joke was uh funny I think you'll really love the the last season of Veep and also really the, if you haven't watched it the entire series is incredible but really the final episode of this show is so perfect um and like I kind of had I had some problems with this last season, um, but the last episode ended it on such a perfect note that it was. It's one of those like. It's it just makes it like so. It makes it into one of these shows that I'll never forget. I'll never forget watching it, 
And the the last episode is just such a perfect send off to all these characters, and such a perfect send off to the show. It's really incredible. Um, so yeah, that's Veep. Um, yeah, if you never watched it, I would highly suggest getting on that HBO and watching it. Um, or if you just fell off, you know, halfway through, I mean. Uh, get to that final season and watch it i it's so it's so hilarious and it really like shines a disturbing light on where we're at politically um yeah in a really yeah i i just recently finished that final season too and i think it's funny i think they just leaned into the thing that a lot of people said we wouldn't be able to do in the age of trump yeah. which is like you wouldn't we couldn't we can't satirize this stuff anymore because trump has brought it into such an absurd level that like nothing none of the political jokes are going to be funny anymore because he's worse than all of that mm-hmm. and it's like well they've kind of proved that wrong because there are so many trump referencing characters and jokes in this last season that it's just are just hilarious Mm -hmm. they they kind of up that ante even more like this is i think if you go back and watch that first season it's like gonna look like a a way tamer show oh yeah (laughs) because they because they lean into the the political landscape at the time as they go on so Mm -hmm. yeah it it was very good i enjoyed Mm -hmm. it as well um all right that is it for this episode of credits due um, thank you for joining us, and I hope you'll join us in two weeks when we will talk about the movie Carrie, the remake of the classic, um, uh, the classic movie that is based off of a Stephen King novel. Um, very excited, very excited to talk about this, even though I'm very squeamish when it comes to horror movies so um <laughs> i watched the uh i watched the trailer for it uh before we started recording and i was just like nope no thank you <laughs> wow. um so until then guys uh why don't you tell the people where they can find you on the internet uh, fine yeah uh, yeah, you go ahead. Tyler, <laughs> go, do it in order. Tyler, go first. Okay, okay. Follow yeah, the you can find me on Twitter at Tyler Owen, and you can find me uh, on my website where I make video games at randomseedgames.com. Yeah, you can find me, Neil, on Twitter at Dino Neil Man, if you fancy. And you can find me on Twitter at Cronmaster. That's C-R-O-G-H-A-N Master. And you follow the show at Credits Do Pod. And um, thank you again for listening. And I hope you'll join us in two weeks for our next episode. And until then, remember, as always, you have ruined me. You have ruined my reputation. I am ruined in Alaska. (laughs) 